How DSF's Stephen Cornish advances sustainability using the power of science and heritage combined. Sustainabilitix's hashtag Decade of Action interview campaign. As part of Sustainabilitix's hashtag Decade of Action change-making campaign for 2020 to help achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by 2030. We're interviewing trailblazing global leaders in sustainability who are taking the world by storm through their groundbreaking work and impactful contributions to advancing global sustainable development. The goal is to gain more depth and understanding of sustainable business and development in practice while celebrating leaders' work to inspire and motivate others to take action in such a crucial era. I had the pleasure of speaking to Canada's Stephen Cornish in this regard. CEO of the David Suzuki Foundation. Here's what he had to say. Q. How do you define sustainability and sustainable development, and what does it mean to you? A. It should be clear, but a societally agreed upon definition of what is sustainable remains elusive. From an environmental perspective, there is no ambiguity. The planet is a finite physical system that follows the laws of nature and physics. When our actions transgress ecological limits that are literally set in stone, there is no negotiation. Ecological sustainability is, therefore, clear and can be quantified. By not agreeing to that clear definition, some delude themselves into thinking a closed system like this planet can keep giving benefits and absorbing waste and pollution forever. They act as if the laws of physics are malleable. The David Suzuki Foundation has taken lessons on sustainability from indigenous people in Canada, their worldview of living within nature's limits, as stewards, not owners, of nature. In this worldview, decisions are made with the interest of seven generations ahead in mind. Contrast that to our current economic and modern scientific worldview. Imagine if our systems considered seven generations ahead? We face the consequences of several planetary overreaches. We must bring them back in line to stabilize planetary systems and eventually stop doing harm to our home. We must learn to live within Earth's limits, ensure equity in our ecological footprints and leave more nature undisturbed so biodiversity, including human beings, can thrive. Q. Why did you decide to go into the field of sustainability? A. For many years. I was a frontline humanitarian responder with humanitarian and medical organizations. That experience instilled within me a passionate belief that all people have the right to the basic building blocks of life. Increasingly, though, droughts, disease patterns, and conflict are being exacerbated by climate change and environmental degradation. Overconsumption and inequality are depriving many of the basics of life. To reduce inequality today and future suffering to come, we must begin to live within our means and guarantee a sustainable future for all. We all deserve a shot at a healthy, happy life. I've been blessed in mine. I'm honored to do what I can to ensure as many as possible have a safe and bright future to step into. We're in this together after all. Q. How can business help advance sustainable development and achieve the sustainable development goals? A. The best way for business to help is for business and society to together redefine the core purpose of business. The 19th century set of economic instructions we still use today tell businesses they exist to make profit, everything else is secondary. 
What if the core purpose of business was to explicitly enhance the well-being of people without transgressing planetary limits? People created the business instruction manual, so that means we can work together to redesign and update it. Profitable businesses can be entirely focused on a purpose that serves our collective well-being. The success of those novel forms of business can be measured in equally innovative and more appropriate ways. Imagine if the SDGs were not just part of the corporate social responsibility space, but were actually embedded in the basic instruction manual of a company. Businesses would integrate health, social, environmental and equity considerations into the business plan from the get-go. In that kind of world, the economy really does serve its people and meets their needs. Q. How do you incorporate sustainability practices into your business strategy to help achieve these goals, and what practices are they? A. At the David Suzuki Foundation, we have a four-day work week. It helps both limit our collective ecological footprint, while also allowing employees to spend more quality time with family and friends and out in nature, among other benefits. We source products that are more ecologically friendly like sugar paper, we offset our energy consumption via bullfrog power, and we invest our endowment in an environmentally friendly investment fund. Our programming has centered on addressing the underlying causes of our lack of sustainability by helping cities reduce their collective footprints while continuing to use science to defend and rebuild nature and biodiversity. We are not perfect and we have much to learn, but we are constantly working to improve our practices and they're getting better all the time. Q. Where do you see the world 10 years from now in terms of the Sustainable Development Goals and Global Sustainable Development? A. The post-pandemic period will be a tipping point. We will either go back to pre-pandemic forms of economics and development, and, thus, will not have even come close to achieving the SDGs, true sustainability, or we will reinvent how we do economics and development, and the ecological and social benefits of that reinvention will put us on a new path entirely. I predict that in 10 years' time, we will necessarily be more localized, densified and resilient given the world will have belatedly woken up to the scale of ecological destruction and the increasingly heavy toll being inflicted by climate change. To the good, electric vehicles will be ubiquitous, cities more densely populated, all new construction will be green buildings, food production and consumption will be primarily centered on a 100-mile diet. To the bad, natural disasters and harsh weather swings will be more common. Coastal flooding and forest fires will continue to challenge us, zoonotic and emergent disease will be a continual threat. Much urgent work will need to be done, but the argument will be settled, and we will be rolling up our collective sleeves to respond equitably, humanely and sustainably. Cheers to a sustainable world.